Hey there, guys. Wanted to tell you about something new. I've launched a Patreon account, patreon.com slash Andrew Brand. People have asked about getting more content, more insight, more information from me, and now that's available through various tiers. If you're able to join on patreon.com, you can get shout outs from me. You can get the Business of Sports podcast transcripts. You can get Ask Andrew questions, weekly newsletters, all kinds of ways to interact with me, including a monthly conversation about whatever you want to talk about, jobs in the sports industry, breaking into sports. It's all available now on patreon.com. Andrew Brandt, if you're able, please join, select your tier and be able to have further content and interaction with me. Patreon.com slash Andrew Brandt. I hope you join. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. It's a Brandt's Rants edition. After some guests, I thought they were fascinating. I hope you did too over the past few weeks, including Jason Wright, the new president of the Washington Football Club. Boy, does he have his hands full with new allegations every day, new reports about untoward behavior, not only by the administration and front office of the Washington Football Club, used to be known as the Redskins about a month ago, but also by the owner himself. So the new president is trying to install a new culture. I encourage you to listen again to Jason Wright, the incoming presidency of the Washington Football Club that is hoping to change around that culture in a big way. And then, of course, last week, Monty Jones, who I've been trying to get on the podcast for quite a while with his insights into college sports, his article in Vanity Fair, and all the the social justice issues. Today, I want to get into a rants, just talk about some issues primarily with the NFL beginning as we get into that. And let's go right there. We are beginning. Uh, listen, there are those among us, including this person you're hearing from right now, that thought maybe we wouldn't get here. And the here is the beginning of the 2020 NFL season on time with the Chiefs hosting the Texans probably either before or already happened, depending on when you're listening to this. It's happening. The NFL season is happening. Now, I don't have any confidence, and I'm not suggesting anything's going to go wrong, but I can't have a lot of confidence that it's going to finish. Of course, it's going to start, but we don't know where the rate of infection is going to go. We still don't know the answer to the question that what happens if a lineman tests positive, does that mean all the linemen around him during the week and all the linemen he blocked during the week have to be quarantined, which probably takes away half your team, and how do you field a competitive team and are 16 practice squad spots enough? Are you going to be able to play this? Can you rejigger the schedule? It's not like baseball with games every day. How do you do this? So there are going to be a lot to handle. And I just think that we have to figure out, you know, the right messaging about the NFL. Now, all off season, it's been full speed ahead, draft on time, free agency on time, schedule release on time training camps on time. The only, of course, didn't have preseason games, but here we are. And it's happening. And kudos to the NFL, the NFLPA, for having all this testing, for getting this to the point where we're actually doing this. But at some point, we continue to have to ask, what are the possible negative outcomes and what can the league and the teams live with if they have infections, if they have something that goes wrong, if they have a player that has continuing lingering issues, whether vascular, respiratory, that's what we have to figure out. Now, I'm hoping, of course I'm hoping, that I'm doing a podcast here in December, in January, in February, saying, look, we made it. 
and there weren't negative outcomes and there weren't all these things we feared and worried and were anxious and anxiety about in July and August and even September, but here we are. And so we're doing this. <laughs> we are doing this. And the NFL is going for the flashpoints um, of the start of the season are here. Okay, speaking of flashpoints, there are really a couple flashpoints in the NFL every year where the player contract activity is at a peak. It's at its height. One, of course, is in February and March. And that's right before free agency when on the player side you have as most leverage as possible because you're about to go into the unknown. Teams don't know what the unknown is where you could find something behind door number two that you like better, that's more. You could also find something you don't like. But again, right before free agency, a lot of activity happens, signing up your own free agency. Maybe the player got a sense of what the market was like, comes back either lower than where he was, higher than where he was. There's ripeness, as an agent named Jimmy Sexton used to always call it, ripeness about the time to do contracts. And usually that is right before free agency. Now we're in the other valley of, or I guess peak, of contract activity between players and teams, and that is right now, right as the season starts, right as we're looking towards the start of the season, all these activity. Now, we're in this pandemic year. We're playing through a pandemic. We didn't know what would happen in terms of activity, and the offseason didn't show us that we'd have much, maybe because everyone's sitting around saying, are we really doing this? There's uncertainty about that. There's uncertainty about the 2021 cap. We don't know what's going on. So the only major extensions were Christian McCaffrey with Panthers and, of course, Mahomes deal, which I'll talk about again today, and a couple other Chiefs deals with Chris Jones and Kelsey. And then there was, uh, you know, not much else, <laughs> not much else in the way of contract activity. But now we have a flurry. Because I don't know what the reason, deadlines for action, we're getting close to the season, it's time to do deals, but we have this flurry of activity, and some of these deals did catch my eye. I haven't looked too closely at a lot of them, but the number of deals coming in, before we get to Clowney and Watson, there's deals like Keenan Allen, uh, the, the preeminent receiver with the Chargers, we have Tredavious White with the Bills, we have Cam Hayward with Steelers, as of this recording, it looks like something may or should happen with DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals. Uh, something may happen with my my team, Aaron Jones, uh, Packers and Aaron Jones. So a lot of activity either about to happen or did happen or may not happen. But this is the time because this is the end of what I call me time where individuals are worried about their own financial in, in, impact and not so much worried about the collective. So it's the beginning of that. It's the end of me time and the beginning of a we time. It's the time where the front offices and the agents, the business side of the sport, kind of turns it over. And they turn it over to the coaches. And the coaches are the ones responsible for taking the team on the field. The finished product basically is there. So front offices have done their job between February and September. And now it's turned over to the coaches to work with what they have, and it's all we time, it's game time. So now the business of the NFL this week goes on hold. I always, you know, I'm one of those weird people, both, at, uh, not both, all, as an agent, as a team executive, and now as a media analyst on the business of, this, of the sport. This is a time when that ball kicks off Thursday night or Sunday, 
you take a deep breath like, oh, the busy time's over. You know, the exact opposite of a lot of the mainstream commentators, pundits, people about of football, and of course, uh, people in football. But it's a nice way to stay in the sport, at least personally, and not worry about all the minutia that's going on with these teams right now. But again, the business side is ending. So some comments on what happened, some rants about what happened as we go into the season. The one thing I want to talk about is not necessarily the contract, but what happened between Davion Clowney, who eventually signed with the Tennessee Titans, by the, well, by the way, my Super Bowl pick, I'll get to that, and not going to the New Orleans Saints. Now, here's what's been reported by NFL Network and others. The Saints cap-strapped because of all, all the bad decisions they made, all the times they renegotiated Drew Brees' contract, all the short-term gain they created to create long-term pain. They could only fit and probably had to squeeze $10 million of Jadavian Clowney into their cap. He's looking for 15 whatever it is. So the report is they had a deal with another unnamed team, rumored to be the Browns, where that team would sign Clowney for $15 million, pay him five in a bonus, then trade him to the Saints for an asset, maybe a high-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, which to me makes me a little giddy. This is Moneyball. This is the business of sports taking another angle. This is a disruption to the old tried-and-true way of the NFL. This is a new way of doing business, and this is a way where front offices can separate themselves if they're allowed to do things like this. And what does the this mean? A pure money ball trade where you're trading money. You're really, people are trading money for picks because what it would happen is the Browns would be paying $5 million for what was rumored to be a third round pick. They did this before. I was downright giddy when this happened with Brock Osweiler in whatever year that was, three years ago, four years ago, where they traded Osweiler to, I mean, the Houston who had 17 million commitment to Osweiler, trades him to the Browns for for a second-round pick going to the Browns. In other words, the Browns are taking on the albatross, the bad asset of the Osweiler contract, with no intention of playing Osweiler, no intention of using him. But they get the asset, the good asset, the second-round pick. So the Browns have done this before, and it was allowed by the NFL. In this case, it was not allowed by the NFL, which is frustrating for us who like to see innovation and disruption in the industry. Now, the NFL not allowing it could distinguish it from the Osweiler deal because Giovanni Clowney was a free agent. Osweiler was on the team. But still, it's a little frustrating to see the NFL Management Council turn down this concept. But not surprising, because when I was at the Packers working under Ron Wolf, I prepared a bunch of proposals, basically revolving around a couple things. Number one, allowing teams to trade cap for players. Acquisition could come from cap room. In other words, you have a team that has a lot of cap room. There are teams out there now, like the Jaguars, like the Colts, like the Browns, and maybe they need that player. And maybe teams are strapped that look for cap room everybody's happy, you make it work. That was one proposal. Another was cash. You could trade cash. Well, like they do in the NBA and Major League Baseball, you could actually trade $5 million for a third-round pick, not even deal with it with, with the way they have to do it now with you bonus out a player and then you trade them. You know, and, that, and both proposals 
didn't really see the light of the day, never even got close, because what happens is the NFL Management Council looks at it, they don't want to be like baseball or basketball in that trading concept, which I think is wrong. I think that would encourage all the activity and trades, make people excited, even more of a winter hot stove league. And they say, in so many words, I remember them telling me that, hey, you make your bed, you sleep in it. You make your bed, you sleep in it. So that's what I heard all the time from the NFL. What they meant was you do these bad contracts, you can't get bailed out by a team with a lot of cap room. Or you don't spend your cap room, you can't get bailed out by a team that has players and needs cap room. So basically, the, the NFL shut it down and never got very far, which makes me understand why the clowny proposal didn't happen. My hope is that as we get further into a modern era in the NFL, and it's the last bastion of doing things that the way they've always been done, rather than the progressive disruption you see in places like the NBA, that we get past this and we allow for trades like this, uh, even free agent signing and trades like the clowny thing. That's my hope. That's my wish. More rants after word from our sponsor. And of course, our sponsors, DraftKings. This game, this week, it's just a warm-up for Sunday's full slate of action. There's no better place to get in on the game than DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the top-rated sportsbook app. And this year, they're rolling out a can't-miss offer. DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Get in now before the action starts with Sunday's full slate of action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS, all caps, R-O-S-S. When you sign up, get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week one. Bet $1 on them. Win $100 if they win. That's $1. Win $100 when you use promo code ROSS during the sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to the rants, and here's the deal that caught my eye of all the deals being done. It is Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans. There was rumored to be a deal for a while. Everyone's talking about it. Mahomes got a deal. Prescott is locked up on the franchise tag. What about Watson? What about Watson? And here we go. He gets a four-year deal. Haven't studied all the terms. It's about 75, I believe, over three. Haven't looked into four and five. I'm sure four and five are not guaranteed. I always don't really look at the non-guaranteed part of these contracts. But a couple things on the Watson deal. First, what a great guy he seems to be. Everything I've heard about him from college with uh, Dabo Sweeney, with also with his, his uh, kind of uh, mentorship by... Warwick Dunn, the way he treats people without fanfare, uh, without the cameras on him. And then, of course, the signing where they showed his family. You know, this is what you want. This is gold, as I wrote, as I tweeted. When you have your best player as your best person, that's gold. You know, we had in Green Bay with Brett, with Aaron. I've been there. It's, it's this what every front office dreams of, and they've got their guy. And Deshaun Watson signs for a four-year extension, meaning a five-year deal. And then, you know, the numbers. Now, the natural comparison, which I'm going to do because I've been critical of the deal to Patrick Mahomes. First of all, you hear some of these ridiculous people on Twitter or out there, even smart people, saying, well, he didn't 
when when you start comparing him to Mahomes, well, he didn't love his team as much. He didn't want to be there enough, dude. He just signed for five years. Five years. Uh, he's there through twenty twenty five. How can you not like a team and sign for five years? The Mahomes deal is an incredibly team friendly deal. I continue to say it. Let's look at a couple of the numbers. Year one, I think Watson makes something like twenty seven. Probably got a bonus of twenty five. Mahomes bonus ten million dollars. So right there, you know, Mahomes can look at it and say, "I'm already underpaid." Like the ink isn't even dry on the Mahomes contract, and yes, he's underpaid because a guy in his same class, drafted behind him, got a better deal. Now everyone's going to point to, "Oh wait, that shiny number in the Mahomes deal, five hundred million, and it's going to average forty five later in the deal or fifty something." I'm like. Later in the deal, who knows? Who cares? Who knows what the market's going to be? You know, the deal as I've gone over is that number, 63 over 3. Think about that. Same as Teddy Bridgewater. Now 12 million under Watson, 20-something million under Ryan Tannehill for Pat Mahomes. I mean, I don't understand people that say, well, it's such a great deal because of the later years. Well, (laughs) okay. The later years, first of all, yes, they're guaranteed protections through the deal, but they can get out after six for 183. 183 over six is like 30. 30 over six is already smaller than some of the deals done like by Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers in the same time frame. So I just don't get it with Mahomes. I continue to worry about the Mahomes deal. And everyone can say, oh, he's such a great guy. He'd never make an issue. Well, he's not going to make an issue now. The ink's barely dry, but, you know, when he starts seeing these lesser players pass him by, and of course Prescott will pass him by. Prescott's making 31 over one, <laughs> you know? I mean, so now you have him making 31, Watson making 27, Mahomes making, what, 11? So I worry about Mahomes uh, with the, I worry about the Chiefs. I worry about at some point he realizes you know, the 12-year, $500 million sounded great, but I just continue to see the early money bad and the deficiencies in the early part of the contract. It's hard to watch guys passing by. It's hard to watch what's going on around them. I worry about that. And again, nothing imminent, nothing short-term, but in the next few years. Okay. Uh, that's my take on Watson. Great. You know, I don't know if it's a great deal. It's a better deal, in my opinion. Than it is for Mahomes. Watson's going to get another free agency shot in four years. I'm sure they'll come to him with a year left. Then if he does another four-year extension, they'll come to him with four more years. He'll probably do two more contracts while Mahomes is under contract. And when you have the specter of free agency, you have tremendous leverage. So we'll see You know what Watson makes over the next 12 years compared to what Mahomes makes. But we know he's making more after one. We know he's making more after two. We know he's making more after three and four. So we'll see. And that's my little rant on that. Okay. Uh, the other thing is I want to turn to uh, the NBA and what's going on because I, ha- I haven't addressed it here, the social justice issue. It happened in the beginning of my class, my first class of the year. My student says, hey, the Milwaukee Bucks just walked off. And I'm like, What? And then, of course, that whole day and then the games were canceled and they had that meeting. And it just, first of all, it resonated with me that all these guys are together. When in the history of basketball will all the players be together, able to do this, able to walk off the court like they did? 
uh, and meet and meet in the same ballroom. It's just this unique time in history. And I would pay big money to have heard what went on in that room with LeBron, with Paul, Chris Paul, with uh, Iguodala speaking in leadership roles and listening to the players. Um, okay, they got back and they did get some imminent actions from owners uh, turning arenas into voting voting areas. But you know, I think there's been a little bit of walking that back since. Uh, you know, again, in the heat of the moment, the owners are going to get this big publicity. Owners are doing this, owners are doing that. Social justice initiatives, turning their arenas into voting centers. I just hope it lasts. And here we are with about a month left of the NBA playoffs. We're down to eight teams. Soon we'll be down to four teams. I just think it's still volatile. You know, I think it's still volatile. In other words, I have no confidence well, no is the wrong word. I don't have full confidence. Just like I don't have full confidence the NFL season will finish, I don't have full confidence the NBA season will finish with only a month left. And you have this other specter of the NBA where they're being paid as playoff money, which is league money and not team money. It's not really in their contract. So if LeBron James makes whatever he is, half a million dollars a game under his contract, well, now he's making it in the playoffs, which is a different pay structure. But anyway, the reason I don't have full confidence it continues because the, obviously we had the George Floyd shooting. There were no games going on. Things got quiet. Jacob Blake shooting. We have this reaction. Now things are quiet again. Are we really confident there won't be another example of this out there that's public, that gets publicity, that gets uh, protest and is in video? We're not. I'm not. And if that happens again and the NBA players get, get upset, they're out right? They're out. They're not coming back. This is a tenuous situation. So my point on social justice and what's going on with the NBA is good on the NBA, which co-opted this whole quote boycott, quote strike into what they wanted it to be, which is a joint action. We're postponing the games, not the players. We are. NBA and NPPA jointly did that. So it was kind of a co-op by the NBA, which basically said, hey, you're not doing this, we're doing it. <laughs> and uh, so I thought a little bit that blunted the message of the players and uh, all these articles like New York Times, is it a boycott, is it a strike, is it a strike, is it a boycott? It's neither, because those are unilateral actions. This is not a unilateral action. This is a joint action. So there's my issue there. And we'll see. You know, again, here I am on September 8th saying, I think it's tentative. I think this thing could blow at any moment. I'm loving the playoffs. I'm a big NBA fan. I watch it every night. Uh, <laughs> I'm frustrated like all Sixers fans, big fan of the Sixers and unsure what's going to happen next. But anyway, we'll see. We will see what happens in the NBA if they can finish this season in the bubble. And my final thought of back to the pandemic where I started, we have data now. The bubble works. It absolutely works. And what we're hopefully seeing in the NBA, I'm sorry, the NFL and baseball, which can't bubble or don't bubble, is that a semi-bubble can work too with responsibility with a two-part bubble where you work and, and you go home and you're bubbled beyond that. You don't, you don't do anything. So we'll see. Uh, everything's tentative with the virus. We're playing through a pandemic in all these sports now. We hope it lasts, especially the ones without a bubble. And those are my rants for this week. 
where the NFL begins play. We are doing this. It is happening. They made it. Kudos to the NFL. Now we keep our fingers crossed that this thing lasts through the season. All right, my friends, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Always good to have you. Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. My musical producer, the best musical musical producer out there, Sam Brandt, now in Hollywood, California. Appreciate all these who follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. Apple Podcasts, rankings, and comments are truly appreciated. Feel free to get more content and more access to me through my Patreon page, Patreon Andrew Brandt. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.